brace yourself because you're about to dive into another free first hour episode of the Higher Side Chats. And we just want to let you know that whether you're looking for a companion through your paranoid insomnia, entertaining yourself through one of life's mundane activities, or trying to ward off the internal screams of all those sad, smothered souls around the office, THC is here. And you should know that every episode of the Higher Side Chats has an entire second hour for Plus members. Sign up at thehiresidechatsplus.com and you'll get years of Plus show archives, lifetime forum access, a special invite to Greg Carlwood's monthly joint sessions, MP3s of THC music, bonus episodes, tour videos, and 10% off t-shirts, grinders, and whatever else ends up in the Higher Side store. It's $8 a month that you won't miss, so become a Plus member and treat yourself in these troubled times. Always action-packed and commercial-free, which means you'll unfortunately never hear my voice again. In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Here we go, Higher Side Chatters. From sunny San Diego, I'm Greg Carlwood. Most likely coming to you through your own personal digital death machine, the little black monolith Stanley Kubrick warned us about. And it's getting harder and harder to live in the Western world without this little phone familiar sidekick, with many modern conveniences completely cut off from those who opt out. Uber, Lyft, bird scooters, food delivery, traffic avoidance apps, making reservations, and even listening to yours truly are all made more difficult by trying to work around the smartphone invasion. Your social life will most likely be affected too, and with the 9 to 5 squeezing more out of us each day, it's nice to feel as if we get things done a little faster with the help of these conveniences to chisel out a bit more of our already diminishing free time. Look, I like all these things, but more and more data is coming out all the time that suggests we're paying a very heavy cost already, and with the 5G rollout, the smart grid, and the internet of things... The costs are only getting more obvious and the ability to opt out almost gone entirely. Soon it seems that everywhere we go will be awash in more signals, frequencies, and radiation than ever before in a digital revolution that will probably escalate until we merge with the machine itself. Well, it takes a special kind of cognitive dissonance to believe this will all be without consequence and personally, I'd rather face the beast head on. And that is why we're speaking once again to the great Matt Landman. Matt was here once before, breaking down his chemtrails and geoengineering documentary Frankenskies, one of the best of its kind, detailing the ongoing terraforming of the human terrarium. And in the time since, he's dedicated himself to the research rabbit hole that is 5G, smartphone radiation, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and the multitude of different frequencies and signals we're blasted with now on a daily basis. His findings are the inspiration behind his new crowdfunded EMF and RF radiation protection clothing line and will be the subject of a new documentary, which is coming soon. You can check out more of his work at the central hub that is actualactivist.com. So let's do the damn thing. The man who knows the plan, the father of Frankenskies, Mr. Radiation Resistor, the actual activist who's anti-transistor, Matt, my man, welcome back to the higher side. Greg, I love your intros. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> you got it. You got it. It is great to talk to you again. I really loved the last one. And this 5G digital radiation is always on my mind. I'm glad this has become your new focus, though 
we know it's all connected, you know, no pun intended, but uh, I've been calling like cell phones and 5G the cigarettes of our time. It really feels like a generation betrayed. And it's a major issue that is already completely consuming these younger generations, even just from the psychological, sociological addiction standpoint. Then you add in all the health consequences, and it's a very concerning thing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I'm glad you mentioned the cigarettes aspect of it because it is very true. You know, you had doctors pushing cigarettes at one point, and now you've got doctors and the FCC saying that there are no human health impacts to radio frequency and EMF radiation, but there are, and the studies are there to show it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what I remember loving most about Frankenskies is that you didn't just say, look at the chemtrails, see, it's obvious. You actually used official documentation for things like Operation Popeye, as well as many clips from military interviews where they very clearly describe the types of weather modification that they have the technology for. Of course, those interviews and disclosures sort of dried up once this agenda went into full swing. But you watch that film and you don't have to guess about weather modification. You know it's a reality. And I'm curious if you've seen even more in this realm of geoengineering since we last spoke. Well, yeah, I have. It's been a wild ride. When I first got into the geoengineering chemtrail space, I thought that I would spend my entire life trying to convince the world that there was an ongoing campaign, that these lines in the sky were not just condensation water that it was an actual agenda to whether it be dim the sun or experiment with biological weaponry or weather modification or whatever it may be. But as it evolved, okay, I came on your show and I gave everyone the password about a year and a half ago for the Frankenskies debut, which was really exciting to debut it on your show. And since then, the controlled media has been pushing geoengineering into the main reality that we live in. It's no longer this realm of conspiracy. Chemtrails are still a conspiracy, but geoengineering, a synonym to chemtrails, is no longer conspiracy. And it's being called our savior. And it's being launched as a solution to climate change and global warming. I could go on a little tangent here, but I'll just try to wrap things up in a nice little package. So we've got this Hegelian dialectic, problem, reaction, solution, that I'm sure a lot of your listeners are very familiar with. So we've got global warming and climate change, which if you really dig deep, you can see that the weather modification program that began in the 1920s that's there in Frankenskies and it shows the chronological timeline to see how we got to where we're at because just stepping into this reality and being told that something this large is going on, such a large scale conspiracy is going on, you have to really sink your teeth into it by seeing the history and to see how their tools were refined and sharpened over time. But now we're facing an inconvenient dystopian reality where the powers that be claim that we need to dim our sun. So the primary solar geoengineering professor, his name is David W. Keith. He's out of Harvard. He's just a professor at Harvard, but he is the front puppet, the front spokesman for geoengineering. And he's going around telling the world and all these articles and what have you, and even launching an experiment out of Tucson to dim the sun. He's got public backing to the tune of tens and hundreds of millions of dollars from Bill Gates. And he's first launching this normalization campaign out of Tucson, Arizona, through this company called Worldview Enterprises. 
And he's calling it SCOPEX, C-O-P-E-X. It's just one of these acronyms for the spraying of chemicals in our sky. This one is the Stratospheric Controlled Perturbation Experiment. And this experiment is basically to sidestep decades of treason, in my opinion, and it's to normalize it to the public so that the public thinks that their consent is being asked. So this experiment unraveling is with David Keith, and he's going up in this very high-tech balloon to spray different chemicals in front of our sun to see which chemicals work best to dim the sunlight coming to Earth, to refract some light into space to supposedly save us from rising sea levels and whatever these different stories of climate change and what have you are. So the experiment was slated for last year. So I devoted my life to bringing attention to it, moved down from Vancouver, Canada to Arizona to host the third global Stop Geoengineering Summit or Global Chemtrail Summit. I've been switching names around to bring more people to it because the word chemtrails has been so demonized. So I've flip-flop from geoengineering and chemtrails, depending on who I'm speaking to. But either way, I hosted a conference in Tucson last May, 2018. Okay, we had a conference, we had a protest, we had a concert, and we made some serious waves in Arizona and throughout the country. And the experiment, David Keith, that was slated for last year, it was postponed. And now he's coming out saying that it's going to be this year. Well, luckily enough, this year we're getting a very drastic winter. We've got snow in Hawaii. And people can maybe start to think, well, maybe we don't want to dim our sun if it's so cold out. You know, like dimming the sun is going to cool it down and maybe we don't need to cool it down. So I'm hopeful that the waves that we made, that the ripples that we made can bring some light to the people who are on the fence, to the people that are wondering, and maybe the people that are even making the decisions. So as this campaign to normalize geoengineering is launched and every single news agency is coming out with their different twist on it. It's being pumped into our social media that we need to do this. It's that much more important for us, the people that are awake, that are holding this beacon of light, this torch of truth, to bring the truth forward and to use our voice and to share it with the world before the agenda gets romped up to full scale where people are agreeing that we need to dim our sun to save ourselves. Mm. Well said, man. And this whole issue about blocking the sun, it's a difficult one for me because I've interviewed some guests recently about the health benefits of the sun and sunlight. So it makes sense with every other campaign to make us sick that they would want to block that out. But also I've talked to some researchers who look at ancient civilizations and all the underground tunnels and infrastructure and the legends that suggest natural cycles of catastrophe, which I also think has some truth to it. But I get what you're saying about being an apologist for the elite, saying, oh, well, all this stuff they're doing is for our benefit. I mean, how many times have we heard that script before? I can't trust it anymore, even if it were to be true. So I definitely get what you're saying. And it is kind of a tangled web because I think all these things are in the mix. The possibility of catastrophe, not human-made climate change, but probably some kind of natural cycle. Of course, they've twisted any real data they have and made us the villains of the story. If it weren't for all you people using, you know, the products we gave you, then, you know, the earth wouldn't be trashed. Obviously, that's a manipulation, but it is so complex with our little window of time to really know the full scope of our environment and how it acts. So true. And it's so deep. The psychological manipulation is so complex and it's so well articulated and planned out. 
Okay, so they won't come out directly and say, you exhale carbon, but we do. We exhale carbon, all right? So not only are our gas-guzzling SUVs pumping carbon into the atmosphere, which is plant food, but we exhale carbon. A lot of people don't know the number one greenhouse gas is not carbon. The number one greenhouse gas is water vapor. So when you're having that conversation, you need to know the deep facts. It's funny because when you get into this argument or conversation or dialogue, the mainstream narrative always comes up and someone will say to me, oh, what, you're not a global warming denier? You know, and I'm not even talking about global warming. And then I'll back up and I'll say, well, do you know about ionosphere heaters? Do you know about heart technology? Do you know about manipulated heat waves? Do you know about purposefully heating the atmosphere to steer around jet streams? There is forms of global warming, but not like we're being told. The exacerbation of heat waves, the formulation of high pressure to steer jet streams, these are the ways that the planet is being heated purposefully, okay? And then you've got this backlash in the environment where literally the hydrological system reacts and we've got snowstorms, which how can you then go and pitch a snowstorm and say that this is part of global warming? Well, then they flip it on its head and say, no, this is climate change and we need to do something about it or we're all doomed. <laughs> you know, it seems like that the cognitive dissonance all under the umbrella of they wouldn't do that to us. The cognitive dissonance goes so deep that you bring up one aspect of the truth and then all of a sudden you're in these categories of, oh, you must be an anti-vaxxer, flat earther, chemtrail conspiracy theorist. And then you're literally dealing with this brick wall of cognitive dissonance that these people have built and relied on throughout their entire life because they don't want to realize they were wrong, mm -hmm. you know, but it's okay. It's okay to realize that maybe you've been tricked. It's up to you to come into the truth and to take truth as the authority rather than authority as the truth. You know, we all have our awakenings, some of them slower than others. And I'm not saying that you have to lump it all together. I'm just saying that the media and the powers that be, they lump all of these potential truths, all of these aspects of it together so that it's become this polarized environment where you're on one side of the fence or you're on the other side of the fence. Everything, especially since the Trump administration, but it's gone back for centuries, every topic becomes so polarized that it just becomes an argument no matter what you bring up, no matter what side you're on, even if you're trying to have a healthy debate. Yes, I agree. And, you know, there has been a lot of talk about directed energy weapons in the recent California fire situation. That's one thing that's real divisive around here when I talk to people about it. I know my buddy Gordon White's farm in Tasmania was also threatened by widespread brush fires recently. And in either case, directed energy weapons aside, because that's a lot to explain to someone who's on the introductory stuff. But when you learn that they absolutely have the technology to make it rain and don't, you got to wonder if these fires aren't something they want. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I've analyzed that whole directed energy weapon thing. And I like to take a step back and try to get grounded when these situations come up. And I look at what goes viral, okay? And personally, my situation, I went really hard on Facebook and got a lot of followers at one point. At one point, I had 10,000 followers and they saw all my posts. Now I have 37 followers and they don't hardly see any of my posts. I go Facebook Live and it's 60 people. Every time, no matter what time of day, when it is, what week it is, 60 people can see my Facebook Live out of 37,000 followers. So when I post something 
that doesn't go viral, and then I post something else that does, I start to analyze, well, why did they let that go viral? And then I dig deeper into the psychology and I say, oh, actually, that's part of their narrative. That's part of that agenda. So when I saw directed energy weapons and this concept of lasers from the sky, and I saw it going viral, completely viral. It was all over the different groups that I host and different pages that I'm on. And then I see different characters in the, quote, activism space that maybe I don't necessarily trust, that Mm. could be controlled opposition, maybe. And then they're pushing the same dialogue. I start to question and think. And so I got an MBA, right? I went to school. Obviously, I'm not using it as far as the mainstream would like me to be using it, but I am using my education. And one thing that I learned in business school is KISS, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. And if you're just introducing someone to these realities of truth and you're yelling at them that there's laser beams coming from the sky, what kind of reaction do you think you're going to get? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just keep it simple and let's talk about the fact that, yes, we can make it rain. We can also make clouds. We can make clouds and make it rain on top of these firestorms. We can also exacerbate these firestorm conditions by making windstorms, which it seems like is what is going on. These windstorms on top of these fires are being geoengineered. You see the footage out of these different regions that have these crazy fires and there's geoengineering right over top. You can see the lines in the sky. And if you're looking through the right lens, you start to realize that, wait, aluminum oxide is a patented fire accelerant. Aluminum oxide variable sizes of nanoparticulate aluminum oxide is what David W. Keith is using in his experiment to test to see what works best to dim the sun. Well, as this unfolds, he's going to say, oh, look, aluminum works best. We're going to use this to dim your sky. Well, wait, they've been doing it for decades. They've been spraying the forests of California with tons of aluminum oxide, a patented fire accelerant. They not only don't make it rain, but they make it windy on top of firestorms. Let's just keep it simple and talk about the weather modification history that's already intact, the weather modification program that goes back to the 20s. I mean, whether or not there's directed energy weapons or laser beams coming from the sky, I don't think it's very productive to bring that to people's attention, especially people that are new to the topic. You're going to talk to someone who doesn't even eat organic, who doesn't even know the dangers of glyphosate who doesn't know about ingredients and vaccines and all these other truth, their mentality, fluoride, all these things, you're going to go to them and say that laser beams are coming from the sky. I think we can take a step back, get grounded, tune into our Schumann resonance, which we can talk about that a little Mm -hmm. later because all these things about frequency are really important. You know, we are beings of frequency and realize that we, as the people that are awake and have this truth, We are now ambassadors of this truth. And how do we want to carry it forward and bring it forward to our peers, our family, our friends, passerbys, the people that we meet at the farmer's market and what have you? We keep it simple and we plant seeds. I don't think it's important to talk about direct energy weapons at this juncture. I don't think it's even necessarily proven. I think that maybe some of these images coming out of these fires could have been cherry picked. I'm not saying one way or the other. Being the work in progress that I am, this truther, awakened or almost awakened, truth-seeking person that I am, I don't negate any potential possibilities. But what I do is I take a step back and I look at what's going viral. I look what the controlled media, the controlled social media is pushing around. And fear 
okay? Fear-mongering is not getting us anywhere. Fear is a vibration. We're going to talk about frequency when we get into 5G, but let's just talk about fear as a frequency. What's fear? Fear is where victimhood lies, not empowerment, not truth. Truth is a high vibration. Truth is where we're empowered, we're inspired, and we're elevated to bring forward this truth, to speak up, to use our voice, to not cower and be destroyed by this fear-mongering energy, okay? If you're in a place of fear, you're not going to get anything accomplished, and that's where they want us to be. They don't want us to be scared, they want us to be intimidated, and they want us to be in that vibration. So we can rise above it, we can keep it simple, and we can play our part, or we can play their game. It's up to us. (laughs) Well said, man. And I totally agree. Manipulation is everywhere, and you know, just between you and me and maybe the more advanced listeners, I would just say that from what I understand from Dr. Judy Wood's 9-11 work on the potential for a directed energy weapon, when it comes to that kind of laser beams from the sky thing, that seems to be a terminology that got used to kind of make people roll their eyes at that prospect. When in reality, a directed energy weapon can be a field. It's actually the way she describes it, two different fields, almost creating a microwave effect over a certain area. So just like a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, it's a frequency-based thing that doesn't rely on something from the sky. So even a flat earther can believe in directed energy weapons. But let's get into that topic at hand, this 5G rollout and the internet of things. Personally, I think people should be concerned just because this is all so new and happening so fast. Our ecosystem is so complex, we probably shouldn't be blasting it with all these signals. But what does the data show? How do we make the case for people who might still be on the fence? Well, again, I've been pondering that, right? And we can come from a place of fear and say, look at the studies, look at the studies. Rats' brains under an EMF field versus not. There's an irregular abnormality, statistical anomaly of suicide in utility workers. The National Institute of Health, they studied utility workers because there was this irregular appearance of suicide. And they did a random case study where 10% of these people working on cell towers, they were killing themselves. 10%. That's such a high number. And then they dig even deeper and come to find out basically what we're dealing with is light. And We can see only a very small spectrum of light, but still these radio waves, these EMF fields, this radio frequency radiation, our body, our endocrine system, our pineal gland, our brain, our body thinks that we're in light when we're around these high EMF fields. So this is a little complicated, but it's actually very, very simple at the same time. We're beings of frequency and we are tuned Our ancestors were all outside, okay? Think about your bloodline, your DNA. All of your ancestors were dialed in to the Schumann's resonance of the earth, which is about 7.4, 7.5 hertz, okay? So we're tuned to that. And then you learn about grounding and grounding yourself. It's because you want to get grounded and get your biological circadian rhythm, your biological clock tuned to this natural cycle that essentially runs your body. And your body knows what time of day it is. At 11 a.m., your body excretes certain hormones. At 1 a.m., your body excretes certain hormones and dopamine precursors and serotonin and all these different things are on a set clock, okay? You're a very complex being of frequency. 
So your body knows what time of day it is based on the sun and if it's setting or if it's rising or if it's pitch black outside at midnight. But these workers, their bodies think that they're around bright, bright, bright light every time they're near one of these cell towers. So even if it's 8 p.m., their body's biological clock, their circadian rhythm is getting reset to think it's high noon, that this bright light is high noon sunlight. So then if they're around these cell towers too much, or if you're sleeping next to your Wi-Fi router too much, your body thinks it's noon all the time, and then all of a sudden you're not releasing dopamine, you're not releasing melatonin and serotonin and all these things, and you get totally depressed, you don't even know why. You get a tumor, you don't even know why. All these things are just because your clock is being reset all the time. So if you wanna get down to the nitty gritty, the science is there. There's so many different studies on how candida proliferate, and fungus and mold grows in an environment of EMF, or these studies out of France where they've banned Wi-Fi in lower-level schools, or how China is actually requiring pregnant women to wear these EMF radio frequency. I've just learned this. It's amazing. But in China, there's a lot of industry supporting pregnant women protecting their unborn baby with these aprons because other countries know, and they don't call it EMF, they call it radiation, all right? There's ionizing radiation and non-ionizing radiation. Right. And being this work in progress that I'm, I am constantly learning because I'm an activist, I'm trying to keep it simple and convey these messages to the people in the way that I know how, which is not dumbing it down, but simplifying it. A lot of countries already know about this, okay? So you can bring it to them fact-based, or in a fear way. So basically, I think that the best way to bring it to their attention is in a productive, positive, solution-based, proactive scenario. So mm -hmm. for instance, instead of scaring them and saying that they can't use their phone, I'm going to be offering a clothing line. So I'm launching a clothing line that protects from this radiation. It protects from the radiation from your smart meter from your Bluetooth, from your Wi-Fi, from this 5G technology. We're in this soup of non-ionizing radiation. Ionizing radiation means it heats you. Non-ionizing means it doesn't heat, but it still does cause cumulative impacts. So the things you want to worry about are cumulative and your proximity. So how far you are away from like your cell tower or your Wi-Fi router and how often because it accumulates, it bioaccumulates in your body just like how tuna, it bioaccumulates mercury by slowly eating a bunch of small fish and over time it gets a lot of mercury in it. Just like that, your radiation levels will slowly grow to a point where there are human health impacts. So offering a solution-based alternative instead of just scaring people, it's a lot easier of an approach. You can bring it to them at a place where you can basically lead the horse to water and they can think for themselves and do a little research and say, well, maybe if France and Germany and China and all these other countries are doing it, and I'm seeing my friends and family and people or their sleep is being disrupted and so-and-so got leukemia and maybe it has something to do with this cell tower out front of that house. The research is there, but really people don't want to hear it. They want to live their lives happy and they don't want to lose their convenience of their technology. You know, we love our technology. Mm -hmm. So the clothing line, which you can check out, I'm doing a crowdfund to launch Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O, which is Latin for hope. Sparrow Protection Clothing, Sparrow Apparel. It'll all be rolling out this year. I'm really, really, really excited about it because 
ultimately, I'm hosting these conferences. I'm pumping out these flyers and DVDs. I'm doing everything I can to bring awareness to geoengineering and chemtrails. And now the adverse impacts of 5G, which I really want to get into the different communities that are speaking up against that as well. But I really am excited about doing this so that I can have a mechanism, a utility that not only protects people, that can actually produce a revenue stream that I can roll over into further activism. Mm -hmm. So first off, it's going to be women and children first. So I'll be producing baby clothes and maternity dresses. But ultimately, I'll have gear for everybody, T-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets. And I'm going to make it stylish, make it cool. The GoFundMe is GoFundMe.com slash protection clothing because it protects. And the idea or the proven technology is that the clothing is made out of either silver, copper, nickel, or steel, okay? And you have it woven in as literal thread. Like you can have 100% silver clothing or 80% and it's a blend of cotton and what have you. But what happens is these small waves that are invisible, unfortunately, I mean, natural gas you can smell, but this invisible soup of radiation that we're now living in Unfortunately, and I really encourage people to get themselves an EMF RF meters to really see what you're being exposed to, to see what kind of environment we actually live in, to see how much is coming off your phone and your smart meter and all that. In some communities, you can opt out of your smart meter and take some of this power back, take some of this into your own hands. But ultimately, what happens is these frequencies bounce off this literal armor. And the properties of these metals, which only work with copper, steel, nickel and silver it bounces off and you're literally protected 99% of the radiation is shielded it's bounced off kind of like when you go and get an x-ray and you're wearing like a lead apron over your heart and what have you it's because the x-rays which are in that spectrum of light waves okay just because we don't see them x-rays are still defined as light all right. It's kind of hard to wrap our heads around. But once we start talking about frequency and blue light and the harms of these different sizes of waves, it all starts to make sense. But essentially, these waves of harmful radiation waves, they're deflected off of the metal that's embedded in this literal armor that I'm producing. Mm. Man. I think it is a great idea, of course, as long as I can still look cool, which you have addressed. And obviously some protection is better than none, but one of my concerns would be that it doesn't protect the head. But I do think lining the pockets of pants where most of us are keeping the phone, now that is a pretty genius idea. Well, I'm making, for instance, a baby sleeping bag and it comes with either a hood or a little baby hat. We're going to have hats, we're going to have hoodies. The first one that I developed was a copper lined sweatshirt with a 100% silver hood, which actually is pretty G, dude. It looks so cool. But the (laughs) copper wasn't really holding up in the wash, so I'm working with some other material that holds up a little better. But I'm really excited about the prototypes that I've been creating because it's all this new field, especially in the United States. So I'm just doing what I can. I'm working with this local seamstress in Northern California. And on the crowdfund, I have my first line of the prototypes, which I'm modeling. But yeah, for sure, the head will be protected. You'll even be able to have, I'm actually wearing a silver hoodie right now. And so I could actually hold a cell phone up to my head and it deflects off of 
the silver and the radiation doesn't go into my brain. If you read the information on the cell phone, it says not to hold the thing up to your head, literally, because of the signal. It will impact where you hold it and people that hold their phones up to their head, a certain side of their head all the time, they're experiencing right there in their head, they're experiencing brain tumors. Or even if you look into my crowdfund, which I tried to make it a little research, a little inspiration. I mean, you really do need to bring it to people in a nice light. You can't just pile on all the information. But there's different instances where, for instance, women who have their phone in their near their breast and their bra, right where they keep it, they're developing a square version of tumors. The phones that we have now are already creating impacts, and that's before the 5G technology. Can I segue into 5G? I can talk about that just for a second while we get going on it. Please, weave, my man. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Thank you. And you're awesome, Greg. The thing about the 5G that people don't know, because it's being pushed as this amazing thing, fast download speeds and augmented reality. Don't you want augmented reality? Well, honestly, (laughs) I could care less about augmented reality and self-driving cars. But the way it's being pushed is it's the next generation. You know, 3G, 4G, 5G. Here we go, 5G, it's coming. And the thing about the 5G... It's actually pretty primitive, the technology. It's one millimeter sized waves, okay? So to give you some reference here, a penny is one and a half millimeters thick. So basically the width of a penny, these little invisible laser beams are going to be shooting all over the place to transmit data. And actually your cell phone will turn into an internet of things antenna where it'll actually be receiving and sending out the signal. So your phone is going to be a whole new beast where it's actually going to be a small cell tower, essentially. And the one millimeter size carrier wave, which was actually created by the military when they created the active denial system, I encourage people to look this up, but the ADS, active denial system, was created by the military to make a frequency fence. If you look at images of it, it looks literally like a cell tower on top of a Hummer. But what they do is they utilize the one millimeter wave to pulse this millimeter wave. And anybody who goes into this frequency fence zone, their skin burns so bad, you know, they're in so much pain, they they can't be there. So they've had to tweak this size of the wave to be not that exact size, but enough that it absorbs into your skin a little bit instead of burning the surface of your skin. So this is military-grade technology, but still, we don't have the infrastructure for it to even work. Pulsing a one-millimeter-sized wave, it can only go a few hundred feet without all this infrastructure that's required. So to give you a little bit of reference, FM radio waves are 10 feet in height. AM are 1,000 feet, roughly, in size. So imagine a 10-foot-sized wave or 1,000 foot size wave or even the waves that we're dealing with now, which are drastically larger, like 10 to 20 to 100 times larger than one millimeter in size. But these waves that are being shot around everywhere that we live in, that we interact with right now, they don't impact our biology because of their size and the rate at which they pulse, their hertz. Okay. So the amount of times that a wave goes by in a second is their hertz. Discovered and especially studied by Heinrich Hertz, Heinrich Hertz was exposed to so much radio frequency radiation that he died early at the age of 36, which is very much worth noting, Heinrich Hertz and his death. Mm. So we're dealing with one millimeter size 
waves. And these radio frequency waves, they are essentially, they're in the family of light speed. They're shooting around at 186,000 miles per second, the speed of light. Okay, to give you another reference point, the speed of sound is 760 miles per hour. So 186,000 miles per second versus sound, which is 760 miles per hour. So we're being blasted by these invisible waves that our body is translating as light. Okay, so we're absorbing them into our pineal gland and what have you, and, and our body thinks it's high noon, and I already talked about that, what that can do to our bodies. But what they need for this infrastructure to propagate this one millimeter wave is they need a cell tower on every street corner, okay? There's talk of having them every three homes. There's talk of having them every 500 feet. And so I'm gonna back up. So I moved to Arizona to host this conference about chemtrails and geoengineering last year. And I was living in the small town of Sedona, Arizona, this little spiritual community surrounded by beautiful red rocks. And you're basically living in a national park. Now in that small, vast desert community, which is nice and spread out, there's about three cell towers. Essentially, there's one big cell tower in the middle of town where the tourists go. But all over that town, there's three cell towers. Well, to put in the 5G infrastructure, which it's a mandatory nationwide deployment, and Trump and the FCC say that it's mandated, that it's going to be nationwide, and the first state to deploy to be statewide is Arizona. And it will be deployed and operational in the year 2020. And then there's all these cities that are rolling it out to test it, such as Sacramento and Indianapolis, and I even hear San Diego and what have you. But to have this infrastructure, the city of Sedona has to erect 26 new towers and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of small cell towers. They're calling them small cells. And the thing that they're doing is disguising them. There's certain rules that the FCC has put into place that they can't impact property values, so they are disguising them as trees, as mailbox, putting them on light posts and what have you. The FCC has specifically said that local municipalities cannot take into consideration human health impacts. Yeah. Okay, so they're putting a cell tower. You flip a coin, you might have one on your street corner. You might have one in front of your home. You might have one a few hundred feet down the street, but you'll have one essentially visible from your home. And it's going to be pulsing this radio frequency radiation that has not been properly tested. Well, let's just back up. It has been internationally, but it's been not accurately tested, unbiased in our country. Okay. Mm -hmm. And essentially, we are not given any sort of choice whatsoever. So different activist communities who are knowledgeable, who are aware and haven't necessarily gotten the towers yet, they're speaking up. So I just went to a county board of supervisors meeting. So different towns and communities are meeting and they're discussing what kind of zoning ordinances can they put in. Nobody wants these things in front of their house when they learn about the potential hazards. So in Marin County, which is the county north of San Francisco, all these different towns have been meeting and having city council and town council meetings and this group of activists, approximately 40 people, have been lining up to speak. Doctors and very noteworthy speakers, and everyone gets three minutes. Well, I went down to one of these meetings in Marin County Board of Supervisors about two weeks ago, and I did a little filming for my film, which is going to be called Altered, which talks about frequency, past, present, and future, and the potential dystopian future that will be 
slipping ourselves into if we don't bring some knowledge and awareness to the world. But I went there and I lined up and I spoke. I'm 38 years old. I was the youngest by far in that room speaking. Everyone in there that was speaking was very knowledgeable and amazing, but nobody from the youth was represented because the youth is, I don't want to say mind controlled or programmed, but they are conditioned to a belief system that their gadgets are very important to them and that download speeds are very important and they're not realizing the potential hazards this is creating. So once we gave our dissertation to the Marin County Board of Supervisors, it was very well received. And the talk is that there will be putting in ordinances so that the zoning commission can say, okay, we can only have this many towers per square mile and what have you, or distance from schools and what have you. But if you don't speak up, and if you don't bring this attention to your local municipality, your town council, and what have you, your city officials, then the telecom industry, who has a larger budget than big pharma, okay, if you can wrap your head around that, the telecom industry, they will come and put a tower, a small cell tower, on your block without any sort of consent. So essentially, it's our time now to speak up. It's going to be a lot harder to get these towers removed than it is to just put in some sort of ordinance that says some rules surrounding this. Marin is actually considering banning it altogether. They're a nuclear-free zone, and they're considering completely banning it. So mm-hmm. I hope that happens. Yeah, that's great news about Marin County. And uh, I was actually just reading before this that the San Francisco Bay Area, maybe a different county or neighboring, has actually banned... 5G towers over health concerns, which is funny because that's pretty much where the stuff comes from. It's kind of like when Steve Jobs said he wouldn't let his own kids use an iPad. It's like, we don't want it. This is for you guys. And that was a small town of very rich people, which I believe it's like executives working for the telecom industry and people out of Silicon Valley. It's in the town of Mill Valley. It's just north of San Francisco. And it's in the county that I've been referencing Marin. But yes, they completely banned it because they know, Mm -hmm. right? They know the potential harmful health impacts. Once you learn about it, it's that much more important to speak your voice. Okay. This one millimeter technology, it's actually being used right now in body scanners. When you go to the TSA and you get scanned or you opt out, which I opt out every time I go on a plane, I don't get scanned. I opt for the pat down. People have the right to opt out. You can opt out of not getting put inside of a one millimeter size wave body scanner. And that's for how long? Five seconds, 10 seconds. So we can opt out of that, but we won't be able to opt out of living in that environment 24 seven. All right. And then if you start researching TSA employees and cancer pockets and TSA employees speaking up and saying that there have been proven instances of employees being impacted by working near these machines, the proof is in the pudding. Mm, That's actually really smart. I never thought much about looking at the TSA folks for health concerns because they're near this stuff all the time. But I have definitely heard that these airport scanners were field tests for trying to get the technology just right so that it affects us, but we don't necessarily notice. And it's a really dirty trick because the whole flight process itself is taxing on the body. And so when you get off a flight and you feel sick or weak or tired, you don't really know why. You know, it's hard to pinpoint it to, is it the 
flight packing me in like fucking sardines or is it what I did a half hour before that walking through the scanner? Like everything, our environment is so full of poisons that it's hard to isolate what's causing what. We just know we're all feeling like shit, sick and tired. Exactly. But we can mitigate this exposure. We can minimize our exposure to the radiation. We can take our health into our own hands. We can do all sorts of things. We can chelate the heavy metals that we're being exposed to. We can mineralize ourselves so we're not mineral deficient. We can tune in to the Schumann's resonance by grounding. We can learn about our biology, learn about that our hearts and our brains, the emit frequencies. Mm-hmm. Okay, even our organs emit frequency. And our entire body has this harmonized frequency, which is our resonant frequency, which if you learn about some of this stuff, like for instance, binaural beats. Yeah. Binaural beats, which was really new to me a few years ago, but now I utilize this. Binaural beats is a testament to how malleable and programmable our brains are, our actual brains. So we are in different brainwave states when we're happy, sad, in a stressed mode or in a meditative sleeping state. And it's easy to look up. There's theta, beta, alpha, different brainwave states. And what's interesting about learning about programming through the television is we're put into a very susceptible brainwave state when we're being programmed, okay? But when you learn about binaural beats, what you see is just by putting on these headphones, the binaural beats get your brain to calculate the differential of what's going on in each headphone. So one headphone, for instance, can be 12 hertz, music playing at 12 hertz. The other headphone could be 7 hertz, all right? And then the difference, 12 minus 7, which is 5, your brain waves will then equate to the differential, and then your brain wave state will gradually go into 5 hertz, which I believe is in that range of theta, which in theta, you're very relaxed, you're very tuned in and in this meditative sleeping state, and you can get in this meditation trance state very, very easily. You look back at World War II, Joseph Goebbels, and I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, and you've talked about this a lot, Greg, you know, I appreciate your show. But for the people that don't know about this, our music was retuned by the chief propaganda minister of the Nazis, Mm -hmm. okay, Joseph Goebbels. So our music is turned to a 440 hertz A. Well, before it was tuned to 432 hertz A. And then once you turn the A, everything else is pushed up on that scale. But just by tweaking it 8 hertz, we went from music that was harmonious to music that would kind of agitate us and not put us into this conducive spiritual, meditative, amazing place because they didn't want people having this amazing spiritual reaction you know, this frequency elevated reaction just by listening to music. So somehow this was adopted and Geibel's got the British music folks to pick it up. And here we're still rocking it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you back up to, so I'm going to talk about my movie for a minute. So in Frankenskies, we start off in the 1920s. And if you're on the fence or you don't believe in weather modification, after just a few minutes of watching Frankenskies, it becomes self-evident that weather modification has been ongoing for decades, for a near century. And then if you do a little research, you can realize that there's all these ongoing programs. There's the stratospheric particle injection for climate engineering called SPICE. There's a tropospheric aerosol program, TAP, through the Department of Energy. 
There's the CARE program, Charged Aerosol Release Experiment, through NASA. And NASA has a budget of $50 million per day, and they use that to spray our skies publicly. There's stratospheric aerosol injections, SAI. There's solar radiation management, SRM. There's all these programs with ongoing, hidden in plain sight, ongoing aerosol spraying in our skies. Okay, so the history is really important to really grasp what's going on present. Just like that, the history for frequency. I'll be diving into that in my film, Altered, to talk about things like Royal Raymond Rice. I went to the library the other day. I could not find a single book or the librarian didn't even know who Royal Raymond Rife was, okay? Rife was a genius. He invented the first high-powered microscope. He literally was the grandfather of frequency and he developed his Rife machine. And with the Rife machine, he utilized frequency to tune frequency to the certain hertz that could destroy certain ailments, mm -hmm. viruses, or cancer and what have you. So just like how an opera singer can tune their voice and shatter a champagne glass right in front of you, it's that certain pitch. Well, he created this machine, the Rife machine, that the certain pitch could destroy cancer cells, destroy certain viruses, what have you. Well, the FDA jailed him, and I believe he died mysteriously, what have you. But just learning about him and the history of it and Tesla, we know Tesla's technology was stolen that we don't learn about Tesla for a reason. Tesla was an amazing genius. He spoke eight languages. He was celibate just so he could maintain and channel this energy that he was channeling of all this information regarding frequency and technology. And if he was in the history books, we'd have such a better understanding of this invisible world that we live in of frequency. But instead, that technology is utilized to manipulate our weather, to put those ripples in the clouds when we see these aerosol sprains and what have you. So to get back to the basics, to talk about the history of it all, to bring us to the present day, makes it more palatable and palpable to people because ultimately we've been engineered and we know that. I mean, the process of waking up that I've been going through is I realize on almost a monthly basis that I was bamboozled by another thing yeah. you know mm -hmm. I was, oh wow the engineered consent you know noam chomsky or you look at edward bernays and how i mean the way that i think the way that i perceive things the way that i even get excited when i get a text message well guess what that text message is coming through produced an emf field and emf fields create dopamine reactions and you're actually addicted to getting that text message emf fields actually cause arousal hello. you know you're actually addicted to your device hello <laughs> so it's really interesting when you start digging into all this and realizing that some of us are so suggestible because of the way that our minds have been coerced and developed over time yeah man so much great information i've been really intrigued by binaural beats myself but i'm deaf in the right ear so there's really no point for me but that also makes me think about those Rife devices because I've been doing some research there. There's some cases of restoring hearing with them. So maybe that's the one-two punch, get the Rife device and then I can use the binaural beats. And uh, another anecdote that I really think is interesting about the alteration of standard tuning is some say that Fantasia, the film from Disney, was the first showcasing of this, quote, superior sound experience and... It did come out in 1940, right there in the mix of when all this was going down. So I wouldn't be surprised that 
Mr. Disney was commissioned to make the case for something they wanted to do that was fairly nefarious. But I do kind of like that because when I was younger, absorbing all the Disney cartoons I could, Fantasia always stood out as kind of strange and unnecessary. But I also wanted to bring up Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. A lot of phones now don't even have wired headphone jacks. And I will admit it's nice not to rip the earbuds out of my ear when I swing my arms and catch the cord. But it's not just cell phone frequencies and this 5G stuff we need to worry about. It's these other pieces that have an effect too, right? Wow. Yeah. You know, it's convenience versus knowledge (laughs) versus the world that we live in, okay? Mm -hmm. And wearing Bluetooth headphones, it's like putting your head in a little microwave. And I'm sorry to say, you know, I mean, I never had Bluetooth. I thought people were trying to be too cool or something like that. Guilty. (laughs) But ultimately, once I learned about the adverse impacts that it can do to your biological system, to your brain, and it can literally cause addiction to the device and then make you depressed. So here's my story. Two years ago, I wanted to get this film, Frankenskies, made. I moved up to this very isolated island community outside of Vancouver, Canada. I got this little cottage with a friend of mine and I locked myself in this little bedroom and I said, I'm going to finish this freaking movie for crying out loud. It's been taking me forever. You know, if anybody's an artist out there and knows the hardships of putting something together like that, it takes time. And if you're working, it takes forever. And if you're not working, it takes even longer because you're broke. So it's like, it's, it's a slippery slope. So I lived in this small cottage. I got this place with my buddy. We flipped a coin and I said, I don't even care. It doesn't even matter if it's heads or tails. I'll take the small bedroom. You know, I don't have that much stuff or whatever. I ended up sleeping three feet from a smart meter. Okay. After a month of not sleeping properly, I started feeling this like electrical kind of feeling in my hands when I used my smartphone. I started to really question what the heck was going on. I even told one of my friends, I think I might be under electromagnetic harassment of some sort because I wasn't sleeping. Even at night, I could hear this low wow, wow. So then after two months, I was kind of getting a little batshit. And I told my landlord, I was like, I don't know what is going on, but I thought I would be totally relaxed. I'm on this ocean, beautiful environment, but I can't even think straight. And the landlord said, maybe it's that new smart meter they put in. And she laughed. And I had heard the word smart meter, but I never knew anything about it. But I started digging and digging and digging. And I realized that, whoa, I was actually getting heart palpitations from being near this thing. And I actually have now developed this slight sensitivity to high EMF fields. If I'm at a coffee shop on the Wi-Fi for like 30 minutes, my heart starts to ache. You know what I mean? Because Hmm. this is just the path that I've lived. But if you start researching, these new smart meters, if they're right on the other side of the wall of your bedroom or your child's bedroom, you need to know what these things are doing. They're constantly communicating with a cell phone tower upwards to 30 miles away. It's emitting this microwave, okay, this small radio frequency wave. It's shooting out signals. Sometimes it depends on the model, okay? There are all sorts of different models. So I really encourage people to get an EMF radiation, RF radiation meter. Please don't ask me which meter to get. There's so many different ones. Every time I do a show and I say get a meter, I get 20 emails. Which meter? Which meter? They all work. Okay. You can spend 100 bucks. You can spend 400 bucks. I've got two. I got a really nice one and a kind of a not so nice one. 
the $400 one is called the Acoustometer. It works really well. And you can learn, you can literally sit next to your smart meter and see how often it's shooting out a signal. The smart meter on my home in Canada, it was firing off a signal about every seven seconds. Mm. Every seven seconds, it was putting this EMF meter off the charts. It couldn't even read it. Every seven seconds, okay? So just taking some of these things and learning yourself and seeing, like, what is an EMF field? Another thing that I learned that was amazing is I took this EMF reader and I took it up to a Wi-Fi router. Well, right next to the Wi-Fi router, yeah, there's a lot of radiation, but I get 20 feet away from it, no big deal. I go in the next room, nothing. I can't even read it. But then I get out my device and I connect it to that device, to that Wi-Fi router. There's an invisible cloud of radiation from A to B, okay? These things aren't magic. You know, they don't just work. Mm. They're doing something, but it's invisible, right? Wireless baby monitors. Once you learn, you'll realize it's near criminal to have a wireless baby monitor right next to your infant's head. They don't have the blood-brain barrier that we have. It's developing. They don't have the skull that we have. It's developing. Their brains are more water and their brains are more impactable and they're developing. They're young. Having your kid play with that iPad and their stroller, okay? Yeah. You can put that thing on airplane mode and this is very simple. Like these bits of truth, they're so simple. And once you learn, now the ball's in your court. You can either turn a blind eye or you can take that truth and really honor it with integrity. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I've been carrying around this EMF meter and I went to my friend Carla's house and we were just scoping out her place and she had this old Xbox that she plays DVDs on sometimes and the Xbox was constantly looking for a Wi-Fi signal. It was putting my EMF reader off the charts and people that sleep in that room with the Xbox, they weren't able to get good sleep. Well, why? Well, because your brain thought it was noon the whole time, okay? So you plug in the Xbox, and the thing just goes nuts. And so I made this little video, Xbox is a weapon. It got a half million views on Facebook, and it was really exciting. People were contacting me from all over the place. Can you do the next version of Xbox? Can you do do it on the PlayStation? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Can you do the PlayStation? I'm like, no, you do the PlayStation. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I didn't. I don't have a PlayStation. But the thing is, is these things are emitting an invisible soup of radiation, and once you start to realize it, it's so empowering. You can put your tablet on airplane mode. I took an iPad out into the forest, okay, to play music or whatever on a camping trip. And the thing is constantly, every second, it's looking for a Wi-Fi signal. That means it's firing out an invisible electromagnetic field, which is radio frequency radiation. It's firing out this signal looking for its hub so it can connect. Well, if you just turn it on airplane mode, it's not going to be radiating you and your friends and family all day on your camping trip, all right? Mm-hmm. The same goes with your baby in the back seat, your baby in the car seat, your baby in the stroller and what have you. Just these little bits of information. It can right. change your life, right? I met a sheriff in the very small town of Willow Creek, California, and he has a son who has an autoimmune disorder. Well, they were wondering why his son was getting burns on his face. He was getting little burn rashes on his face. Come to find out is from the Xbox. He had autoimmunity, so his immune system wasn't up to speed. But the radiation coming off the Xbox was literally causing burns. Wow. So once you start to learn a little bit about this, we can mitigate these impacts by minimizing our exposure because our exposure is cumulative. Okay. It's like working at a nuclear power plant. 
either you can walk in and not gear up or you go there every day in your regular PJs or your blue jeans and your overalls and over time you're going to develop problems. It's just like that in this unnatural environment or in this you can put your phone on airplane mode when you sleep, you can unplug your Wi-Fi at night, you can opt out of the digital smart meter or even get a smart meter cover that's stainless steel mesh that doesn't interrupt the signal but eliminates essentially the radiation, you start to take your power back by empowering yourself with the information rather than being in a fear victimhood mentality. Mm. Well said. And sadly, I know a lot of people whose living rooms would probably break that meter. And the thing about the most recent models of the video game consoles that are out there is they barely work without the internet. There's a lot of games when you put them in, you have to sign into EA, sign into Activision. And if you can't sign in via the internet, you just bought a game that will not play. It's kind of ridiculous the levels of data collection and logging in and security measures that they have on them these days. But as we start coming to the end of the road, I do like to reiterate the solutions side of things a little bit because we can cut it into both versions of the show and all that. But remind us of some of the best practices for limiting our exposure to this beast the best we can. Okay. And also, I want everyone to know that the truth will survive. We will adapt no matter what happens. You know, if we have to etch it in the concrete, then we will. If we have to write a book, you know, we will. The truth will survive. And it's people like you, Greg, that plant these seeds in people that will live forever, even beyond our time. Mm -hmm. And we are not powerless. Sparrow, my clothing line, it's Latin for hope because there is hope. And I firmly believe that the English language has been hijacked. We don't really know the words that we're spelling out, the spells that we're casting. The word for cure, cure means to preserve, you know, and we've been told that it means something else and we say it and we don't even know what we're saying. So empowering solutions are out there. So I especially consider health. Health is so important. Realizing that we are healable and that we are adjustable and that we can adapt. We are amazing buildings of biology and ancient DNA. Our ancestors evolved and fought to get us to where we're at. And we all are under the same umbrella. We all bleed red. We're all humans. And this truth is an opportunity for us to come together to find unity because we are all on the same playing field. The powers that be want us to think that we're weak, we're powerless, and we're divided. But we're not, right? We're all humans. So especially health and considering how to take responsibility for your own health, read ingredients on your food. Know that you can get your supplements through minerals. Take a look at Shilajit, S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T. It's a mineral pitch, but you can get different mineral supplements that give you the minerals that you need because once you start to learn, you realize that maybe our foods and our soils, they've been depleted and you only need NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium to grow anything. So there's all these other minerals that we need that we can get by learning how to get them and to eat our greens because the central 
atom in the chlorophyll molecule is magnesium. And we all need magnesium. We're deficient if we've ever eaten any sugar, right? We can chelate. We can get these heavy metals out of our body through different things like chlorella, spirulina, diatomaceous earth, food grade. Diatomaceous earth is amazing, you know? So learn how to be the healthiest person that you can be. Learn about alkalinity. We have a pH level, right? And if you maintain your pH and don't create an acidic environment, you won't give cancer or all these other problems the opportunity to thrive. I used to have acid reflux because I was drinking beer, eating pepperoni pizza, and having bacon in the morning. And I was smoking cigarettes. Then (laughs) I learned about all these things, and I got rid of my acid reflux, not by taking the drugs that the pharmacist gave me. I took it into my own hands, and I learned about acidity. I learned about Dr. Sebi, S-E-B-I. He was curing everything, and then he was killed. He was curing everything just by alkalinizing the body with plants, okay? An alkaline diet. Learn about fasting. Learn about taking your health into your own hands. And if you learn about these different soups of toxicity that we're in, such as these EMF fields, also known as radiofrequency radiation, learn about mitigating your exposure, Okay, certain simple things like getting a blue light filter on your smart device, opting out of your smart meter or getting a cover for it, getting an EMF RF reader and seeing how toxic your home is and seeing how easy it is to create a healthy environment. It's going to change your life. Okay, these are your system is a biological system that is so easily repaired when you feed it with love, with healthy, happy food and not garbage, right? Stop eating McDonald's, take your health into your own hands, do a little research, check out my website, actualactivists.com. There's, it's plural with an S at the end because we're all included here. There's so many different health things we can do. We can really step up our game in every way. And once we take it all into our own hands, we win. The more you learn, the more powerful you are. And knowledge, knowledge is more powerful than anything that they can hit us with. I love it, man. Of course, airplane mode on the phone. Don't keep it with you at night. Wired connections. I even heard about these things called Defender Shield EMF radiation free air tube stereo headphones. They're apparently these headphones that apparently allow you to still have an incredible listening experience while eliminating EMF exposure to the head. Who knows? Uh, But those things are out there. I would explore all that stuff. We talked about light bulbs today. If you just Google healthy light bulbs, you you don't have to know much about it at all. And there are companies out there that say, based on the research, here's a light bulb you should put in your light of your bedroom that still allows you to see, but it actually encourages you to get a good night's sleep too in the hours before bed. So there's all kinds of little tips and tricks diet of course got to reiterate that but well matt this has been a lot of fun i think your passion again is so contagious before i cut you loose remind people i guess about the gofundme for your clothing of course your website actualactivist.com 
And when is this documentary coming out? These kind of things that maybe we should leave more. Excellent. And thanks again, Greg. I really appreciate you and your efforts and having me on. And I forgot to mention, if it's a blue sky and the sun is shining, get out there. Put your phone away for a minute. Take off your shirt or, you know, if you're a girl. Still do it. Yeah. If you're a girl, take off your shirt. Get out there. Free that nipple. And enjoy the sun while we have it because there's an agenda to block out our sun permanently with chemicals. And it's in the mainstream now. So it's no longer a conspiracy. We really need this vitamin D. We really need that sunshine. So really take into consideration grounding yourself, getting out into nature. I've never regretted getting out into nature and really just tuning my circadian rhythm and connecting to the Schumann's resonance of the earth. So please find me on YouTube, Matt Landman, on Facebook, Matt Landman. Please check out my film, Frankenskies, on YouTube or Vimeo, or please visit frankenskiesthemovie.com. I've got presentations that I've done on geoengineering and links to resources, especially my film. And then the clothing line that I'm just now getting together and launching as an alternative to radiation is gofundme.com slash protection clothing. On there, there's so many resources and explanations. If you can take a look, I really appreciate it. If you can share it, I really appreciate it. If you can throw in a couple bucks, that's cool too. But either way, our voice is our weapon and playing our part in helping the truth prevail. That's why we're here. And that's why we've been privileged with this knowledge that we hold dear. Touche, good sir. You are the man. Welcome here anytime. Keep up the good work out there. Thanks, Greg. You too. Well, happy birthday to me, dear people. Matt Landman, the king of swing, the frequency fighting fashionista. Gotta love him. You know, Matt got in touch with me, said his newest focus was 5G, and I thought, hey, he killed it with Frankenskies. I'm sure he's going to kill it with this stuff too. And I think he did. But Matt, to me, (laughs) is a bit of a character. His passion really keeps me into it. And we can have a few laughs, but still get some great details out there. So it is a nice blend. It's really my perfect recipe. And he's been waiting for this show to air for a while now, so I do appreciate his patience. I knew I would have guests in town for my birthday weekend, so I recorded some of these quite early in the month. And I'm finally recovering from a lengthy few days of indulgence, and I'm getting these things out. Which also, I guess I should say, thanks for all the digital happy birthdays and messages. It's been one hell of an avalanche. You guys are all too kind. I'm just a dude asking questions to interesting people. But I like that you like it. I'm not even someone who really cares about birthdays very much. Especially at 34. But it is nice to get out of that infamous year 33 when even... Just my age makes me suspect. And really, birthdays to me are just a nice excuse to get people together, to do something a little more elaborate than usual. Two years in a row now, I've rented the Cannabus here in San Diego and just taken it around town with 20 of my closest friends. It's really just a weed-friendly party bus, but to be able to smoke freely while getting chauffeured around the city is actually quite fun. We followed that up with a fry party because we have a deep fryer from Thanksgiving that doesn't get used very often. And we thought, hey, why not have everybody bring over some food that they think would taste good fried? 
and we'll experiment and throw some things in there. After four hours of weed smoking on a bus, not a bad idea, but a little bit of a nightmare to work up that motivation to get it all going. Not really relevant, but a fry party is tangentially connected if we're talking about just generally things that aren't good for us. At least the city didn't shove this one down my throat. But anyway, I know that I mention 5G and cell phones a lot, but it does deserve dedicated shows now and again. I admit that when things like Nest and Ring were coming out, I thought, wow, I can't wait to actually own a home so I can control my blinds and my lights and the temperature from my phone and get all up in the smart house stuff that you just can't do in a rental. Because I like the technology on the surface, but then on top of the health concerns, you learn that every one of these devices is collecting and selling whatever data they can. From your smart fridge being plugged right into Amazon to your Roomba mapping out your apartment and uploading that to the cloud. And it's just wild to think about how fast this is all moving. You really can't have a dozen connected devices in your house without even trying. Smart watches, smart scales, smart picture frames, video game consoles. It's a lot. And I've been thinking about this lately because if you consider the real think tank cabals planning things out generations in advance, and that thing we always hear about, the real technology being 50 years ahead of what's seen on the surface, think about how all this happened. Let's do a little reverse engineering if this full implementation of 5G and smart cities is the end game. And it's probably not because there's always something after, but just for the sake of this thought exercise. Let's say it's 50 years ago, 1970. You're up at the whiteboard and you're demoing the cell phone rollout saying, so eventually we're going to covertly keep the people stressed and irritated and highly controlled through the unseen frequencies of our technology. And to get there, we're going to have to make sure that we've trampled down the ideas of souls, light bodies, consciousness, energy fields, all that kind of stuff. So we have these authors and thought leaders in place to roll out material atheism in the decades before we hit them with the technology. That way, people are primed to dismiss concerns over these attacks to the energy body. They won't even think it exists. I mean, that's a reality I could see, because if material atheism was a coordinated op, and it seems like it was when Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens and all these guys are getting national press rolling out the same ideas at the same time. This anyone who's smart doesn't believe in unseen things attitude is definitely a stumbling block when it comes to making the case that this frequency based technology is dangerous. And some people who grew up with that as the dominant worldview will find the conspiratorial perspective on these things much easier to dismiss. Even when people like Martin L. Paul, PhD and professor of biochemistry and basic medical sciences at Washington State University, calls the 5G rollout, quote, the stupidest idea in the history of the world. When people tell you you're paranoid, that should be all you have to say. But then again, people watching the nightly news are hearing things like this. Graham's goal has been to make San Diego the largest smart city network in the U.S. People hear smart city, and I don't know if they know what that means. Well, for San Diego, it means the use of data and technology to improve decision making and create better lives for people. 
San Diego is in the process of installing current by GE smart sensors in 4,200 of the city's streetlights. We just installed one of the City IQ nodes, and that is the optical, auditory, and environmental sensor. And in so fact, three sensors in each light. Three sensors in one with a cellular connection, just like your cell phone. And there you have it. Cities spending millions of dollars to make your lives better. A story as old as time. And San Diego, my own personal military intelligence oasis, is primed to be the nation's smartest city, which means cultivating and curating the nation's dumbest people. Because the more you outsource to the grid, the less autonomy, independence, and self-reliance you actually have. And what I heard in that clip is the streetlights have been converted to LEDs which are already not ideal, and now they're being outfitted with optical, auditory, and environmental sensors, which is to say cameras and microphones lining the city streets, and wirelessly transmitting a digital data suit back to the central AI, solving for problems you didn't know you had, and maybe creating a few more. Never mind the dozens of homeless huddled around each of these new high-tech streetlights, we're solving future problems with the technology of tomorrow, today. It's gross. Governments are run by a billionaire class that just doesn't spend money unless it's getting something on the back end. They aren't fixing the water system. They don't care about rampant homelessness and widespread opioid usage. To them, government services are not a charity, they're a Trojan horse. The highway system wasn't a gift to the people, but the building of an infrastructure dependent on oil pushed by oil producers. Fluoride is not a gift for your teeth, it's the disposal of hazardous materials from a metalworking industry that has the clout to sell you their trash. So when I hear about millions being spent to upgrade my city, I know it's really a network of increased control, and any new efficiency will directly correlate to the bottom line of the nefarious few at a minimum. The more connected we are to the electrical grid, the less connected we are to each other, And the only thing scary to the capstone cabal is our numbers and the rarest of instances where we might be united on something. So that's how I feel about it. Hopefully you agree and enjoyed the interview today. Of course, if you just heard the first hour, the second hour is not to be missed. We talked about so much more. And if you like this show in general, all I really want for my birthday is for you to treat yourself to the full experience. It's $8 a month for five new two-hour episodes every 30 days, plus years of archived episodes and various other bonuses like the Armenia Tour with Graham Hancock videos, the music, the forums, and more. Get in while the getting's good, the HiresideChatsPlus.com. Make it a happy birthday for the both of us. And just in today's show with Matt Lamb, and we talked about how geoengineering and 5G might work together the occult aspects of the technological evolution, the total recall agenda, the satellite deception, scientific manipulation, tips for fighting back locally and personally, smart city projects and the money behind them, pre-crime policies and the social crediting system, and how other countries in the world are fighting 5G. So every episode, the action rolls on with or without you, but we prefer with. Drink one less ritzy cocktail a month and support the show you know you love. And with that, definitely check out Matt's work and his new clothing line. And I'll see you soon with the last show of March, a conspiratorial topic we talk about fairly often, 
but this one is going to set a new bar for how we talk about it. Brace yourself and I'll talk to you then. Your move, digital demons, frequency fucker-uppers, and psychopaths of the smart city rollout. Your fucking Maybe you'll see, goddamn, this plan. No fan spraying on me. Cronies don't you know they control. Choose.